0: Think you know fantasy basketball? You can win money with FanDuel tonight and all through the NBA playoffs. Draft your fantasy basketball team for tonight's playoff action. It's quick and easy, and you can win huge cash prizes. Sign up for FanDuel now using promo code LINEUPS and get a $5 bonus with your first deposit. Just visit FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel app. Then, draft your NBA playoff team and play for cash. Again, make sure to use the promo code lineups when signing up. Do it now so you can win on the games tonight. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 540. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. After the San Antonio Spurs were able to go to Denver and take home court away from the Nuggets in game one of the round one playoff series, the Spurs handed it right back on to Denver on Saturday at home in the AT&T Center as the Spurs fell in their own building 117-103. This is a, an interesting game. At first, it looked like the Spurs had control. Denver came out with a lot more energy than, than we saw in Game 3. San Antonio, though, matched that energy early on, and they built a 12-point lead going ending the first quarter. However, one theme that didn't carry on in the series was that the Spurs' starters actually struggled a little bit in the second quarter. And um, it was actually the bench that played pretty decently in the first half. And so when the Spurs' the starters came back in, they ended up losing the lead. Uh, late going in, uh, into the second quarter, going into halftime, the both teams were tied at the half. In the third quarter, neither group for the Spurs could get it together. Both the, the starters and the bench, uh, both both, squ- both sides could just couldn't figure it out. And Denver ended up um, building a twelve point lead after the third quarter. Then in the fourth. Um, you know Denver basically had control from about a ten to about a sixteen point lead. They were pretty comfortable there. Coach Pop didn't even put in Lamarcus Aldridge at that point in the fourth. And by the four minute mark, I mean it was pretty much over Denver. It was up by like seventeen, nineteen points. So Coach Pop pulled his starters, and that was basically the ball game. So, so there it is: the Spurs and the Denver Nuggets, the two the seven matchup out west. Um, they are both tied at two two, with each team winning one game on the road um, during the series so far. So. Uh, as I've done, let's go ahead and break this game down, uh, you know, really into detail on both ends of the ball. Of course, starting here on the defensive side first for the Spurs, um, you know, they, they had there's there really just two two areas that mainly stuck out to me when I look at the stats and, and what's going on here and even what what the eye test showed. And that was the shooting from three for Denver and Denver's ability to get to the free throw line, because if you look at the, the points of the paint for Denver, you look at their frequency at the rim from the mid range, all that kind of stuff for you. Um, you know, they really didn't They didn't get too much more than their usual season averages from those areas. The Spurs played a pretty good defensive game in those areas. It was mainly the three-point area, like I said, and, and the free throw line that really, really stuck out to me. So typically, um, you know, the Nuggets uh, have a free throw rate of 18 um, f- free throws made per, one, per 100 field goal attempts during the regular season. That increased to 25 in this game. Some players responsible for getting to the line multiple times here, Nikola Jokic, he made 8 of 8 free throws. Jamal Murray, 5 of 5 free throws. And then Will Barton off the bench, now that now that he got a new role coming off the bench, he was more aggressive and he got to the line and he made 3 of 4 free throws. So those are some of the players that really stuck out on that part as far as the Spurs not typically being a team that fouls a lot. In this one, they did have some fouling issues uh, with those three specific players. Then the three-point line has really been a difference here in the series right now and why Denver is able to... Even when they play really, um, you know, badly at the start, when they when they start basically down ten points in each game, they're able to make those comebacks uh, during the game, and still have a chance because their three point shooting keeps them in ball games. Where the Spurs don't take many threes, they're they're a mid range shooting team, a team that's getting a lot of points in the paint. Well, that that the math the math the math part of it it ends up evening out for Denver because of the, the amount of threes they take, and when they do hit their threes. Uh, like we saw in game four, they're able to get back into a ball game and then also create create some separation from San Antonio because the Spurs on offense, once they fall behind by 10, they don't really have a chance to, to catch back up because they're, they're not a team who does shoot threes and also when they struggle on defense. So uh, looking at the three-point um, frequency for the Nuggets, they typically in the season like to take 32% of their shots from three. In this one, they got 33% of their shots from three. Their accuracy, they made 48% of their threes, which is 12% higher than their usual season average. Uh, Some players responsible for this. Torrey Craig, in his first start, makes five of seven three-pointers. Will Barton comes off the bench. He couldn't make a three at all as a starter. He was one of 13 as a starter in the series. Guess what? He makes three of three three three-pointers in this game. Jamal Murray, after he had uh, such a terrible game three, he bounces back shooting three of five from three. Gary Harris had an off night overall, but he still made two of five three-pointers. When you look at the advanced stats from NBA.com, a number that sticks out to you: the Spurs allowed 14 of Denver's 31 three-pointers to be considered wide open. That is basically uh, you and and six feet between a defender that's coming at you. So basically, a wide open three. 14 of those were wide open, and the Nuggets made 50% of those. So again, that's 21 points just basically off uh, wide open wide open threes for Denver in this game. When you look at the the averages, the the Nuggets are outscoring the Spurs from the three point line by 16 and a half points right now in this series so in this game uh san antonio gives up 45 points to the three from the three-point line and typically the spurs in in the regular season at least even though they weren't a great three-point defense they still only allowed 35 to the opponent so so right now in in this game the the nuggets got 10 more uh, over on the series they're outscoring them by um 16 and a half points per game uh tory craig this is just an uh you know his, his story is really interesting. During the season he can only shoot, he only made thirty two percent of his threes. Right now in the series though, that's all the way up to sixty nine percent. So I know it's a small sample size, it's only four games, but I mean right now he's been crucial for Denver uh, in, in this series, making those threes. First he was off the bench and now he's the starter. Um, and again the Spurs are playing the numbers here where they know that 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 statistically, if you look at the whole season Craig is their worst shooter in terms of accuracy out of the rotation players. So, so the smart game for San Antonio is to play the odds and you know leave him open and see see if he can really make you pay. Well, the problem is though, he actually is making the Spurs pay. So, so now it gets a little bit more interesting to see if you know can the Spurs still um risk leaving him open and to go help on like Jokic on on you know Jamal Murray on on Harris on Millsap. Or do they, do they, um, you know, start guarding him more and not, not backing off of him because right now he's really making them pay when a lot of his three point looks are, are the ones that the Spurs do want to give up. Um, like I mentioned, Wool Barton he was one of 13 as a starter. He ends up making three of three. And then, you know, Murray and and Harris are always threats from the outside, uh, for Denver. Um, some other players that stood out for Denver, um, you know, their, their main go-to guys, uh, Nicole Jokic finishes at 29 points, 46% shooting, five offensive rebounds, eight assists. Uh, he played 43 possessions as Jakob Perto as the as the main defender against him, and he scored 18 of his points against Purtle. Then he scored nine points against Lamarcus Aldridge, with Aldridge guarding him for 23 possessions, uh, Jamal Murray. You know, like I mentioned, he had a really bad game three. He bounces back. You know, he obviously saw that that he got shredded against Derek White in game three. Uh, that was a talk for two days. So so he came back really aggressive in this game with a lot of fire. Uh, puts up 24 points, six assists, 57 percent shooting. Uh, you know, Derek White was mainly the guy who guarded him for 47 possessions. He still scored on Derek White. He scored 18 points against White, 58% from the floor, um, shooting four assists and um, against Derek White. So, again, even that was something that Coach Pop talked about after the game was that this was a great education for Derek, and he caught it on both ends, not just on the offensive end where Derek or where Denver held Derek to eight points. After, he, after he, he erupted for 36 against them, but also on the defensive end where um, he, like you, you basically see the stats show that, that Jamal Murray, you know, Derek was responsible for guarding him. And Jamal, you know, you know really um, uh, took, it, took his game to another level in this one and um, played really well with Derek as his primary defender. So, so there will be something there for the Spurs to watch with Derek in terms of watching some game film and seeing uh, how much more impactful he can be against uh, Jamal Murray in game five. Uh, Like I mentioned, Torrey Craig was a big offensive boost for Denver, 18 points, 5 of 7 from 3. DeRozan was the main guy guarding him for about um, 40% um, of the possessions, should I say. Uh, He scored 6 points on DeRozan. He scored 5 points against Rudy Gay, and then he scored um, his other points against Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes when they were switched on to him. But again, most of that is a lot of help defense by those guys. They're not really guarding him one-on-one. Where Craig's putting up a lot of contested threes, it's more so when, when these guys are backing off of him to try to get involved in another defensive play. Uh, Will Barton, like I mentioned, you know, the move worked for Coach Malone where he brought Craig as, in as a starter and he let Barton try to get his confidence back against that bench unit, and sure enough, it was there for him. He puts up 12 points, um, didn't really have a great shooting night, 30% from the floor. However, like I mentioned, he got to the free throw line, he made some threes. Uh, Bellinelli was the main guy guarding him, and uh, for 19 possessions, he scored three points and two assists against him, and then, and then uh, Will Barton also got, got going against uh, DeMar DeRozan. He scored five points against DeMar so really, as far as defensive adjustments, like I mentioned, the Spurs did a pretty good job of not letting Denver get out in transition. You know, guarding the rim pretty well. The two areas they really want to focus on for for Game Five is is that is that three point defense. You know, how much do they, um, you know, help out on Jokic on, on those on those uh, dribble handoffs with Jokic and Murray or Jokic and um and uh, Gary Harris. You know, how much do the, do the help defenders help off? Because right now they're getting they're getting torched from the three-point line. Denver's getting a lot of open looks. And as a team that takes a pretty good amount, Denver in this series, you know, San Antonio just the, mathematically, they're not going to even out because they don't take any threes. And Denver's defense is specifically taking away a lot of their three-point shooters. The Spurs is, like I've mentioned... Um, The other adjustment I guess the Spurs can try to make is, again, trying to limit the fouling. You know, you don't want to put those, this team on the foul line, especially when you're not giving up a lot of points to the paint, um, and you're just trying to make them beat you from the jump shot, and that's obviously working because of the three-point shooting, but also you just don't want to give them those easy buckets there at the foul line. Moving over to the offense for the Spurs, um, you know, pretty pretty good areas uh, as far as scoring at the rim increase still that they had a big boost there getting to the free throw line. They did pretty well there. Um, the two areas that really stick out for San Antonio are um, frequency from mid range. You know, only thirty five percent of their shots come from mid range. They typically like to take forty seven percent, which that might be okay because a lot of that does come from getting more shots at the rim, which you, you'll give you'll you'll take more. Rim shots compared to to mid range, but again, that's still an area where the Spurs are more comfortable taking from the mid range. Uh One area that they really struggled with was they only shot fifteen percent from the mid range when they did take those thirty five percent of their shots. So that's a struggle, obviously, because you know that the Spurs are real, built around a um, mid range shooters in terms of LaMarcus Aldridge, Demar Derozan, Rudy Gay, and um Derek White. So when those guys aren't hitting and they're having trouble from the from the non paint too that's going to be a tough night offensively because, that, because those guys don't shoot the three, basically. So so you're, you're only getting points from the, from the free throw line and from the rim from those players if they're having a tough night uh, shooting the mid-range shot. Um, and then again, this has kind of been a theme for the series for the Spurs on offense. They just didn't get to take any threes. Only 19% of their shots came from the three-point line, which is 8% down from uh, 27% that they usually shoot during the season. So I, I know that during the season, they're 30th in frequency from three. Uh, taking 27% of their shots, but even in this series, Denver is just taking away the most, the most, um, the most efficient part of San Antonio's offense from from the outside, which is their three point shooters, their, their their marksmen specifically. They're taking out Patty Mills, they're taking away Marco Bellinelli's shots, they're taking away uh, Rudy Gay and and Davis's, Bertans's three point attempts, and and it's really making San Antonio have to beat Denver with just points in the paint and the free throw line primarily. Aside from the few that they'll get here and there from the from the mid range, um. Spurs scored pretty well in the half court. Not in the half court, in the, the uh, post up, should I say, in, in the paint. Yeah, the paint points. So let's go through some of the Spurs' primary players, uh, how they performed. De, DeMar DeRozan had a good game 19 points, 50, 54% shooting, 5 assists, 2 turnovers. Now that Denver switched Gary Harris onto Derek White, uh, DeMar had a pretty good game against Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig had to guard him for 66% of the possessions, and DeMar lit him up. He scored 16 points, had three assists, shot 58% against Craig. So right now, that's still a favorable matchup for DeRozan, where he can still get his numbers uh, with Craig guarding him and, and Harris off of him. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge finishes with 24 points, 56% shooting, one assist. And that was all in three quarters. Cause he didn't really have to play in the fourth because it was, the game was pretty much decided for most of that fourth quarter. So he did pretty well against Paul Millsap. 54% of his possessions were guarded by Millsap. De, uh, LaMarcus puts up 13 points on 67% shooting. He played well against Mason Plumley. Plumley guarded him for 13% of the possessions and LaMarcus put up eight, 8 points on him on 75% shooting. However, LaMarcus really did struggle though when Nikola Jokic was the primary defender on him. Uh 29% of the possessions against Jokic, De, uh, LaMarcus only made 3 points and uh had had shot twenty five percent from the floor when Jokic was his primary defender. So so if you're the Spurs on offense, you want to keep getting matchups where Lamarcus is going against Millsap or Plumlee rather than than Jokic. Uh, like I mentioned, you know Denver was ready for Derek White. You know they weren't going to let him explode for another thirty plus point game in this one. They they made their adjustment and that huge adjustment for them was uh, putting uh, a better defender, their their best perimeter defender on Derrick, and that was Gary Harris. So now now all of a sudden, Derrick's getting the primary treatment as far as the uh, who's going to guard him. So Derrick struggled here. He finishes with 8 points on 38% shooting, 5 assists, 4 turnovers. Uh, like I mentioned, 50% of the time, Harris was guarding him. Uh, he only scored 2 points against Harris, uh, 33% shooting against him, 2, two assists, and 1 turnover. Then for the other 21%, um, it was Jamal Murray guarding him. And since he was, I guess, out of rhythm, wasn't really penetrating as much, Derek only got two points against Murray, 33% shooting also, one assist and one turnover. Most of his other scoring did come against the other players that he would get switched on. Torrey Craig, um, Jokic, you know, Plumley, whoever whoever switched out onto Derek and he could finally kind of get, get himself away from Harris. Uh, that's kind of where he was able to be a little bit more productive on offense. So I guess... You know, if if the three point shooters aren't going to knock down any threes, Denver's going to continue taking those players away. There's a lot more responsibility on Derek to become a playmaker again, to score over, you know, get get around 15 to 20 points, uh with five plus assists. And so, if that's the case, then we saw that he he, he struggled to to use his um you know his, his ability to kind of be that to, to initiate off the secondary action, and be guys off the dribble like he did in game three. He struggled to do that against against uh, Gary Harris. Gary Harris is a better defender, can move better laterally, has more length uh, uh, to kind of bother his his his, his uh, layup attempts or, or his his ability to kind of get closer to the rim. So that'll be something to watch. Is do the Spurs maybe maybe use more um, dribble handoff action? Do they use more pick and roll action to kind of get Derek free of Harris? Because when they can get that switch with somebody else, well then Derek's chances of scoring at the rim or getting um you know creating and opening up a pass for somebody else uh you know basically um expands that type of uh, play that if he can get Harris off of him uh, from, from not guarding him, because right now Harris has been guarding him pretty well, as we saw in game four. Uh, the other guy who's usually the Spurs' playmaker really struggled here. Again, Rudy Gay finishes with just two points, 0 of seven from the floor. So if you take in the um, playoffs plus the regular season this year, it's basically his third game where he was held without a field goal, which, which, where he didn't make a field goal, should I say? So he was 0 of seven shooting two assists for Rudy. Um, yeah and one turnover he he was mainly guarded by Paul Millsap 50% of the time he was on the floor so he shot 0 5 against Millsap with one turnover Torrey Craig also guarded him for uh 21% of his uh time on the floor which, which he went 0 1 against him uh and again they really need to get Rudy going because he's he's one of the he's one of the key playmakers you know I mentioned during the series at the beginning when Colin and I broke this series down that uh, the Spurs had like four playmakers, and, and you know that's why they could they could afford to do a lot more ISO action in the half court and, and really try to to slow the game down against Denver. And I was thinking, you know, De, uh, DeRozan, LaMarcus, Rudy, and, and Derek White. Well, so far in the series, outside of Game One, it's really just been. Um, Derek, uh, Demar, and, and Lamarcus, and not not any in, any particular order, but they've been missing that fourth guy who can create for himself or others, and that's Rudy Gay. That's what he's been all season for them off the bench or when he started, and it's just not happening. Whether he plays with the bench unit, whether he's playing next to his you know his comfortable teammates and and uh, Demar and Lamarcus, he just hasn't been very impactful on the offensive end for San Antonio and also on the defensive end. You know, you know, last episode I read all his numbers when he's on the floor, uh, how, how they're all in negative right now with his net rating. So Rudy's really been struggling, and one thing that um, I kind of want to highlight here is that Denver is specifically taking away the outside shooting of the Spurs' uh, main, main three-point shooters. So this is something that Davis Bertans mentioned to uh, Tom Osborne after the game, that you know basically they're staying high up on, on the shooters when they're on the floor. They're not letting them breathe, basically. They're not letting them get any kind of shot attempts, uh, and the numbers show it. And so when you take away, when you look at the fact that, that LaMarcus, that DeMar, uh even Rudy and, and, and um Derek White, they're not they're not primarily three point shooters, they're not high volume, should I say. Well then when you just take away the guys who are high volume like Bellinelli, like Patty Mills, like Davis Bertens, well then the Spurs are basically not getting many points from the three point. They're just they're, they're really not uh, and, and it's hard, you know. You don't you just don't ask DeMar to go shoot threes or Lamarcus. That, that's just not their game. That's just not how they how they've um, you know formed their game around. It's not what they've been doing all year. So so Denver's, you know, credit to Denver though. They've done a great strategy in that in terms of letting DeMar letting Lamarcus get theirs but not but taking away that outside help. The only guy who's gotten free to shoot some threes in the series is, is Brent Forbes. But again, most of that is because he does play with most units with the two guys who create the most uh, on their own um, or take a lot of attention, which is DeMar and LaMarcus. So let's just look at some of these numbers, how much the Spurs' bench is missing in this series, um, I'll, I'll, pretty much on both ends, honestly. But let's look at the, at, at the, the decrease in, in three-point attempts. Um, you know, Rudy Gay, he usually took, um, during the regular season, he took 2.7 threes a game, shot 40%. In this series, he's only taking 1.8, uh, shooting 43%. So... Um, you know, Rudy's losing some threes there. Marco Bellinelli usually takes three 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 three-point attempts a game. I mean, five of them, sorry, five three-point attempts a game in the regular season, now down to just three three-point attempts. And he's shooting well 42% from three when he gets those threes, but the problem is he's just not getting many he looks at the at the three-point line. Patty Mills typically takes 4.9 three-point attempts, which is about five per game. Now he's only taking 1.3 in the playoffs right now. They're really, really staying on, on Patty. Specifically, the guy who gets credit for that is um, is uh, uh, Monty Morris, has been guarding him most of the time, and then also Malik Beasley. And, when, and Patty, because he's not getting these three-point attempts, he's not getting any kind of rhythm. He's only shooting 20% of the series from three uh, since he's being limited to just 1.3 per game. Then lastly, uh, Davis Bertans, um, he's, he normally takes four three-point attempts in the season. He's down to 1.8 three-point attempts. And because he, he like Patty, is out of rhythm, he's only shooting 29% from three-point range uh, right now in the series when he was actually one of the top 10 shooters in the league at 43% this year. So again, I mean, you got to give credit to Denver that that they're the ones who who have devised this plan of, hey, when, when Patty Mills is on the floor, when Bellinelli is on the floor, when, when Root davis Bertans is on the floor, stay on them, do not let them get free for a three-point shot. And to their credit, it's worked. The Spurs are not getting many points from the three-point line. Um, They're really just having to rely on their paint scoring, their mid range shooting, and of course their um, their free throw line scoring. So so if you're San Antonio, how do you combat that? If that's going to be the game plan for Game Five in Denver, well, you need two guys who can create on their own in that iso type situation or or playmaking situation to start creating more. And unfortunately for Derrick White, he's only a second year player, but that's the kind of responsibility the Spurs need from him. They need him to go off again to have a really good game um, on the offensive end to uh, to to really create for himself and others. Because uh, without, you know, if he's just putting to eight points, they're not going to get enough scoring with Lamarcus and Demar, and then also you know, you know you need Rudy Gay there, and, and Gay's just been struggling mightily. Uh, I notated this on Twitter. Um, you know, after game one, he 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 had he shot six to nine in game one, had a really good efficient game. And you thought that that's what you're going to see from Rudy for the rest of the series. However, from game two to four now, as it's continued, he's gone four of 24, just made four shots in 24 attempts. I mean, it's just, it's just been wild how much he's kind of regressed on both ends in the series. Um, especially, um you know as, he, as he's about to hit about to hit the free agency whenever whenever their, their, their season does end, San Antonio's uh, he'll, he'll be an unrestricted free agent so you know he's just really really struggling and I know last year you know most of the Spurs team did have a pass just because of the situation they were in Kawhi you know wasn't playing uh that you know they're against the Warriors who went, who went on to win the championship so so there was some circumstance where you kind of you, it was hard to kind of gauge where the Spurs team was going to be but now that they're in a series where they're pretty even with their opponent where they should have a chance to beat this team you know for, for Rudy not to show up you know it's, it's really it's really really showing right now now uh, in a matchup where, where this is a team that San Antonio might have a chance uh, to beat. So now, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, like I mentioned, game five is, is now going to tip off on Tuesday. Um, Denver, once again, by Las Vegas and by other metrics, they're the favorite now to win the series. And obviously that's because they get two games. Uh, you know, if it has to go to seven, they get two games at home. Whereas San Antonio only gets one more in the AT&T center. So, so game five is a is a really big game to see what happens between the Spurs and um, Nuggets and see who, kind of who takes control of the series going forward. And uh, you know, and you know, whoever wins this game, you know, they can basically wrap up the series on Thursday. Um, you know, depending on what happens. So, so for Project Spurs, um, I am Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day.